Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved belong and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, my friends. Welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. It is a great joy to be together here in the sanctuary and also with all of you watching online. And um, I, my name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor here and I am joined this morning by... My name's Lori Napa and I am your lay liturgist today. And this handsome fellow on the end here is uh, the Reverend Greg Jackson. Greg and his wife Mariana are regular attenders here um, for many years uh, following Greg's retirement from United Methodist Ministry. Um, he told me he has purposefully kept a low profile. <laughs> but I was able to, you know, um, Convert, convince him, didn't take too much convincing, <laughs> uh, to share in the communion liturgy with us today and to be one of our servers as well. Um, just a little note of, um, I guess, fame for Greg. Greg, many years ago, was the superintendent uh, for this district, and get this, was responsible for Dave Gillespie being appointed here. <laughs> So I told him right away, a, a fast friend. <laughs> In any event, we are pleased to be worshiping together and let's uh, take a moment to welcome those online. Welcome. And now my friends, if you would rise in body or spirit for the call to worship, which you'll note is a little bit different this morning. As Christ breaks bread and bids us share, each proud division ends. 
the love that made us makes us one. And strangers now are friends, and strangers now are friends. And thus with joy we meet our Lord, his And now, my friends, um, living together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to begin worship as we always do, reconciling our hearts to God and one another through the passing of the peace. But before we get there, just one other quick note. This is an exciting Sunday because it is the first Sunday of a four-week You Asked For It series. <laughs> and you will notice that we are singing hymns that were requested by members of our community. And that is going to be the case this whole month. So uh, hallelujah, let's have fun together. And the peace of Jesus Christ be with you all. And also with you.
privilege because our children's time is being brought to us by our lay leaders, uh, Lynn and Ron Heitritter. Or maybe just Lynn, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like <clears throat> to have the children come up and today, please bring a grown-up with you. We're gonna do something really fun, but we need grown-ups to help us. <gasps> Hi, Matilda. Hi, Hattie. Come up here. You wanna sit down right here? Hi, sweetie. Yeah, she can sit here. Hi, Matthias. How are you today? Nice to see you, my good buddy. Hi there. You know. Oh, my goodness. Look at all these wonderful children. Oh. Well, I have, I have some pictures for you from a book called I See You. And the slides are up there so the grown-ups don't get bored. <laughs> I want to tell you a story about Mary. This is Mary right here. Mary did not have a house to live in. Maybe you want to scooch in here. Mary did not have a house to live in, so she had to sleep outside. She didn't have a bed or a place to keep her things, and sometimes she was very cold and hungry. Mary was an unhoused person. Unhoused is a word we use to describe people who don't have a house to live in. This means they don't have a place to sleep or eat or keep their things. Sometimes you might see them standing on the sidewalk. Have you ever seen someone with a holding up a sign? Okay, yes, you've seen them. And sometimes <clears throat> it's we see them <clears throat> holding a sign or sleeping outside. It's important to remember that we should always be kind and respectful to unhoused people. That's the way we show unhoused people that God loves them, and we show other people that God loves unhoused people too. She said they were at the grocery and their, her daddy saw an unhoused person and asked, would you like apples or bananas? And they gave bananas to the unhoused. Oh, well, good. And bananas are your favorite and you like to help. <clears throat> well, one day, we're done to finish about Mary here. One day, a kind boy saw Mary sitting at the bus stop. You see, this is the bus stop. And you see Mary there? Do you know what the most important thing the kind boy did? He saw her. He paid attention and noticed that she was there because nobody else was paying attention to her. The boy noticed that many people did not see Mary. Many people did not see Mary <clears throat> and they were some of them were making faces. Some of them were telling her to go away. Some were not being kind. 
<clears throat> because she was unhoused. This made the boy feel sad because he knew that Jesus taught us to be kind to all the people. Jesus would want him to be kind to Mary, but what could he do? He was just a child. Then one day, do you see what Mary is doing here? Mary is getting food out of the trash can. <clears throat> what could he do? And then he remembered something. He remembered his mother had taken him to the mall and they had gone to a store called Build a, Build a Bear. Have you been to Build a Bear? I think some of you have. Okay. He remembered Build a Bear made him very happy. So the boy and his mother decided to do something. They would, instead of build a bear, they were going to build a prayer. I'll show you what a prayer looks like. This is what build a prayer looks like. No, just a second. <laughs> Mary was so happy when the little boy and his mother gave her this prayer. Does that look like a prayer? This is a special kind of prayer. Yes. Yes, it's got a heart on it. <clears throat> My grandsons and I have been packing prayers like this ever since they were four years old. We've been doing this for about 10 years. I always keep these um, prayers for our unhoused friends in my car. <clears throat> and because I'm the grown-up, I unroll my window and I hand out the bag to the person. And my grandson adds a smile. That's his job. So it's today, I'm going to help all of you with your grown-up. You're going to build a prayer for your own house and your car. <laughs> okay, so would you stand up? And we're gonna bring a table over here. All right, the first thing, everybody gets a bag for their to make for their unhoused person. Can you help pass these out? Everybody take one. Can you take one? Yeah. Everybody have one? Okay. All right, now the first thing, the first thing you're gonna do is put in a bag of chickens. There's two bags, you're right. Leave the one bag inside. Do you know why we do that? because it makes the bags really strong and these things don't fall out because they're heavy. So here, do you see what's on top of the can? What's that? This means they can open it easy and they don't have a can opener. So everybody put a bag in the bottom. The grown-ups can help you. And put this, put, set your bag on the table, honey. And then put your soup in there. Okay, does everybody have one? Okay. Look at all these prayers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, now the next thing, right beside, right beside your um, soup, 
put a bottle of water and fit it down in the bag. You have one? Okay, do you have one, honey? Does everybody have one? All right. Okay. Matthias, will you, Matthias, will you scoot down, honey? Scoot down a little bit, and then we'll let this little boy have a place at the table. Here, sweetheart, you can put your bag right here. There you go. Okay. All right. Now, on top of the soup can, look what we have here. We have peaches. Yummy peaches. So put that on top of the soup can. There. Does everybody have one? Okay. All right. And then the next thing, we're going to put some yummy trail mix right beside that. Okay. Yeah. Everybody have one? So that's something else. All right. Now, what else do we need? If we were going to eat that, what would we need? We would need silverware. So there you go. And we put them in pretty colors. <clears throat> Everybody have one? Okay, now, <clears throat> grown-ups, this is your job. At the top, fold the bag down twice, and we're going to... Oh, no, that was something. <laughs> That was in case somebody needed a fidget cube. <clears throat> okay, now, okay, you start twice, we'll fold it down twice. Thank you, Mr. Grownup. <laughs> Don't want to pinch your fingers. <laughs> Now, why do we put staples on the top? So to keep the stuff so that it doesn't open up and the stuff doesn't fall out. You are so right, so it doesn't fall out. So you Where don't do you need put these now? Now you hang on to it just a minute. I'm going to tell you. All right. So, Ben and Ron, if you take the table. Kids, can you come up here in front, bring your prayers, bring your prayer bag? Can you, can you come right up here so everybody can see your prayers? Okay, come up here. Matthias, all right. All right. And we always say a prayer at the end of children's time. So show everybody your prayers. Look at that. And all of God's children said amen. the next time you see a an unhoused person, the grown-up in your car will roll down the window and hand it, and you give them a smile.
a word of introduction to the scripture which Jeanette will read for us today. It comes from the book of 2 Corinthians, which you probably know is a letter, Paul's second letter to the early Christian church in Corinth. Well, it appears that Paul is still having trouble, even in this second letter, having his authority accepted by the Corinthians. He seems to want to put this question to bed by telling them that they themselves are his letter of recommendation. As they receive his teaching, as they follow Christ because of it, they receive new life, and thereby they prove Paul's authority. <clears throat> well, in this part of the letter, which we will hear read today, we find a very famous image when Paul says, we have this treasure in clay jars. Now that metaphor, the clay jars, it is one that is very common. It's found in biblical <clears throat> and also in Greek or Hellenistic literature and in Jewish literature. And it's a metaphor that suggests two things, fragility and ordinariness. For Paul, the claim that the gospel treasure is held in what is fragile and ordinary is a reminder 
that even when we follow Jesus as closely as we can, we need to recognize that we still are breakable, that we still are fallible, and that the transcendent power does not belong to us. It belongs to God. Let's listen now as Jeanette reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Jeanette Murphy. Please rise in whatever ways you are that are meaningful to you for the reading of the scripture. The scripture lesson today is a reading of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2 and 7 through 11 in the Common English Bible version. This is why we don't get discouraged given that we received this ministry in the same way that we received God's mercy. Instead, we reject secrecy and shameful actions. We don't use deception, and we don't tamper with God's word. Instead, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God by the public announcement of the truth. But we have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. We are experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we aren't crushed. We are confused, but we aren't depressed. We are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We are knocked down, but we aren't knocked out. We always carry Jesus' death around in our bodies so that Jesus' life can also be seen in our bodies. We who are alive are always being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that Jesus' life can also be seen in our bodies that are dying. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation.
Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us together this day. Well, today we not only begin this four week of your favorite hymns, we also begin a four week sermon series I'm calling You Asked For It, uh, because you did. Uh, You may recall that several weeks ago I asked you to let me know what questions or topics or themes you'd like to hear sermons on. And I got a number of responses, and then I tried to find common themes. After all, we're only doing this for a month of Sundays, four weeks. Well, one of the common questions that several people asked in one way or another was, how do I witness to my faith and invite others into it when the prevailing culture seems so anti-religion. So today, it's all about spirituality and suspicion. Well, you've probably heard the old adage, be careful what you wish for. It's a familiar enough saying, and it may make us chuckle a little, Yet it also resonates. We understand what it means to be careful when it comes to our wishes, our hopes, our dreams, even our prayers. Well, several years ago, this adage came alive for me. A friend from seminary days came to visit, and we took a day hike together at Silver Falls State Park. As Tom and I caught up on the latest news of our lives, I shared with him that I was feeling a little bit left behind in the whole spiritual growth arena. You see, I feared that I wasn't doing anything particularly new or exciting, and that my relationship with God had become a little bit too predictable, a little too traditional, a bit too institutional. Well, it was only a matter of weeks after that conversation that I began to experience prayer in a new way. And whole worlds of spirit opened up for me. So much so that I began to worry about it. I thought to myself, oh, am I leaving my tradition too far behind? Am I moving into not only what is unfamiliar, but maybe What are unsafe waters? Where exactly was the line between theological exploration and blasphemy? Well, so filled with angst was I, the anxiety spilled over into my sleep. And one night I had a dream. Now, I don't remember all the details of the dream, but I will never forget its tagline. The heart of the matter was succinct and direct and aimed squarely at my worrying little heart. I woke with a start with these words emblazoned in my mind. Religion is to spirituality what McDonald's is to food. (laughs) Think about that. It will feed you for sure. You won't starve to death on a fast food diet, 
but you also will not necessarily be getting all the nutrients that you need. There's something a little bit shallow about fast food. And it is this same shallowness, the cursory fast answers and easy solutions of religiosity, which I believe cause many of our Northwest neighbors to call themselves spiritual but not religious. You've all heard probably ad nauseum about how the Pew Research Center's studies of religion and public life have coined the term the nun zone, N-O-N-E, to refer to the Pacific Northwest. Time after time and survey after survey, right up through 2022, which was the last survey, an estimated, get this, 44% of Washington adults say they have no connection or affiliation with any organized religion. That always makes me wonder, well, how organized do they really think it is? <laughs> I gotta say though, it would be a mistake to imagine that those same neighbors, our coworkers, our family members, and our friends have no interest in faith formation. Interest in the life of faith is alive and well. It's just that folks may not want to call it religion or connect it in traditional ways, which is why they call themselves spiritual but not religious. Are they looking for a deeper, slower, more nutrient-rich experience than they imagine is offered in a place like this? What are we to say? How are we to share the good news we have found, to unapologetically claim the faith for ourselves when faced with the tension of spirituality and suspicion? I think St. Paul gives us a little help when he writes to the church in Corinth. Remember now, this is his second letter to those pesky Corinthians. Paul certainly knew all about skeptics and critics. He experienced firsthand the double-edged sword of spirituality and suspicion. It was no small thing having to write not one but two letters defending his message and his ministry. He could have just given up on them, left them to their own devices, let them go their own unaffiliated ways, but he did not. Instead, Paul gives us this great description of life in any nun zone that we could imagine when he says this, and this is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the passage, if you only look at us, you might miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our everyday ordinary lives. This is to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. We're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles. We've been spiritually terrorized. We've been thrown down, but we have not been broken. And we are not giving up. 
Even though on the outside, it may look like things are falling apart, on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without God's unfolding grace. My friends, this is what it means to be spiritual and religious. It is to recognize daily that God is making new life and God's grace is constantly unfolding in our midst. It is to listen to the whispers of the Spirit in our own souls and then to join with a community of souls to seek the kind of sustenance which goes beyond fast answers and easy solutions. Religion at its best encompasses and includes the kind of spirituality which our unaffiliated friends long for and which we ourselves have glimpsed through God's grace. Too often we run away from the skeptics and the critics and the suspicious because we think we have nothing to offer and no answer to give. Too often we run away or we keep silent or we try to change the subject because we forget that we have the treasure of God's love, the treasure of God's mercy, the treasure of God's gospel in the unadorned clay pots of our everyday ordinary lives. Just because there are no fast answers or easy solutions for any of us seeking relationships of justice and peace with God and with the world around us, that does not mean that we have to run away or keep silent or change the subject whenever faith comes up in polite conversation. We could choose to do what Susan Glassmeyer suggests in her poem she entitled, Introductions. Let's not say our names or what we do for a living, if we are married and how many times, single, gay, trans, or vegan. Let's not mention how far we got in school, who we know, what we're good at or not good at at all. Let's not hint at how much money we have or how little, what our sun sign is or our Enneagram number, our personality type according to Jung, or whether we've been rolfed, arrested, psychoanalyzed, or artificially suntanned. <laughs> Let's do this instead. Let's start by telling just one small thing that costs nothing but our attention. Something simple that nourishes the soul of our bones. How it was this morning, stooping to pet the sleeping dog's muzzle before going off to work. Or yesterday, walking in the woods, spotting that fungus on the stump of a maple tree, so astonishingly orange it glowed like a lamp. My friends, living in the nun zone is not all bad. Those 44% unaffiliated friends, you know, they're not really very different from any of us here. They are only waiting 
for that one small thing, which costs nothing but our attention. They are waiting to hear that one simple thing that nourishes our souls and shows us the incomparable power of God's love in ordinary, everyday life. Surely, you and I can show them that. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, you know that we are living in a world of spirituality and of suspicion of faith. That we hold the treasure of your gospel in our inmost beings, which are fallible, fragile, and so very ordinary. We hold the treasure, but we do not possess it. While we can hold fast to you and while we know you hold us in every moment, we do not possess you or your power. When our self-sufficiency is revealed as the lie that it is, remind us to return to the treasure of your love. Give us the courage to claim that love which goes beyond any circumstance in life or in death or in life beyond death. You, Jesus, have called us to be your witnesses. You came to give us life abundant and a fullness of joy which can never be undone by any suspicions of the world. So we thank you. Thank you for inviting us into relationship with God. Thank you for inviting us out into relationship with the world around us. As we care for one another within this beloved community, for those who are ill or lonely, confused or grieving, lost or alone, let us care as well for those beyond it, for strangers and for friends alike. Let us pray in tangible ways. In the name of the one who cares for all. Amen. As we now enter into a time of giving, there are three ways in which you may give today. The offering plate will be passed in the sanctuary. If you'd like to go to our website, which is edmundsumc.org forward slash give, you may give there. And in addition, if you would like to write a check, you can send it to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. Let us now open our hearts and give generously as God has generously given us the gifts of life.
we go. Gracious, generous, and very loving God, you have poured down upon us all manner of gifts and blessings. Sometimes we are so overwhelmed with your goodness and generosity that we struggle with how small our offerings to you seem in comparison. The gospel reminds us that not even the smallest act of mercy and compassion, a cup of cold water, will go unnoticed by you. Give us the eyes to see those in need the ears to hear those who cry for justice, and the hearts to comfort those hurting and grieving. If we all were to offer a cup of cold water, the world would be flooded with compassion. We ask this in Jesus' name, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts to our Lord. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to God. It is right to give thanks.
For in communion of God's love, Christ comes close to us, and we come close to Christ. Therefore, with God's people of all ages, nations, races, with God's people of all times and places, we join in the song of praise. Holy, holy, holy God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. We are here because Jesus has called us, strangers and friends, believers and doubters, the certain and the curious. It is always a mixed company that Christ gathers and invites to the table, where in bread and cup he meets us, and through him we, who are different, are joined to each other. We come to the table not because we understand, but because we are understood. We come not because of who we are, but be God chosen to invite us here. We come remembering the night on which Jesus was betrayed, how he sat at table with other invited friends and broke bread and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. In the same way, Jesus took wine, gave thanks to God for it, and gave it to his friends, saying, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins and the wholeness of life. Take it and share it often in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Send now your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup and on all who are gathered in this time. Let us be fed by your grace that we might become channels of your grace for all your world. In Christ's name we pray, even as we feast. Amen. Let us pray together our Lord's Prayer. Our, our Father, Father in heaven, heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I would like to invite our servers to come up at this time. Mariana? Yes. bread of heaven given for you and the cup of salvation poured out for you. Greg, the bread of heaven, cup of salvation. And the cup of salvation poured out.
Greg, I already served you. It's always good to have seconds on God's grace. <laughs> My friends, the table is set. If you need gluten-free bread, it'll be down in, on this table in the center aisle. <clears throat> Otherwise, we invite you to come, take a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, and then return by the side aisles to your seats. Let us feast together.
My friends, let us continue as we pray together the responsive prayer after communion. For the bread broken, for the cup poured out, we give you thanks, O God. Just a couple of announcements before we begin or join in our uh, closing hymn. Tonight at six o'clock, uh, join us for our contemplative worship service, which we call Foundry. If it's not raining, we're going to be outside, out here on the front lawn, and we would invite you to come. And if you have a easily portable lawn chair, bring it with you. Uh, it's a lovely service of some silence and some contemplation of the natural beauty all around us. Also, I want to remind you that on Thursday at 2 o'clock, we will be having a memorial service for Donovan Cleveno and hope that you can come and be a part of that celebration of life. One final announcement, next Sunday, right after worship, our next all comers gathering for the strategic planning process. You're all welcome to stay. And if you have little children and it's unreasonable to think that you can stay after worship, come back at two o'clock next Sunday. And we're still looking for people to help with childcare so we can get the uh, input of our uh, parents of young children as well. So let's uh, join together now. Please stand and join in the closing hymn.
Amazing grace, indeed. My friends, let us go out to be people of grace who exude spirituality and are not afraid of suspicion. For we have this treasure within us. Thanks be to God. May the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen.